everybody. Welcome back to Black Card Rehab, the show where we go from zero to black, one episode at a time. I am joined by my white friend, Paige. Hello. Hey. Um. All right. So on a scale of zero to black, how are you feeling today? I am feeling Leon's little sister in this movie who somehow in the middle of the movie has her own song and then we never revisit it again okay uh, yeah that <laughs> we'll get to it like, but that's what i'm feeling yeah <laughs> uh on a scale of zero to african-american how are you feeling today i'm feeling whatever that nonsense was uh that went down with Babyface and teddy riley this weekend um <laughs> I don't, are you are you caught up on this craziness i'm that not happened? i'm not okay, i worked so... yesterday and then today i've recorded like three different <laughs> podcasts and then watched this movie and took notes so well let's go back to the beginning which is that Babyface has had and has survived covid19 okay oh my goodness thank god our national right. treasure is safe right um but because of that like and um they were they were said to have this battle um like because swiss beats has been doing these battles you know where you like one musician battles another with like just you know you're bringing out different songs and like okay who has you know who's got the hits and like who's got you know like the, we get the party going, it right? you're trying to stay relevant after having <laughs> alicia keys's baby it's fine yeah well people have been loving it and so Babyface and teddy riley had, were scheduled to do one and then it got pushed back Mm -hmm. I think because Babyface has silently been trying to uh, recover from COVID-19. COVID-19. Or he was lying because he don't got the pipes anymore. Oh, no. I just saw him live. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah. I just saw him live in Vegas before everything got shut down. So, yeah. I'm so jealous. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it was me and a bunch of old ladies. but um, That sounds great, actually. (laughs) Yeah. Everybody was seated, you know. I didn't have to. (laughs) Oh. Gotta love that. I love a good concert where I can sit down. I've only been to People one of those. waving their canes in the air, you know, <laughs> like they just didn't care. And <laughs> the, la- the last time I had that, it was when I saw Ben Folds, which tells you how old and white I am. <laughs> um, so, so yeah. So anyway, so Teddy Riley and Babyface were supposed to have this, um, you know, battle and the battles all take place on Instagram Live, which is a really horrible idea. But that's yes. where they're at. So obviously, you know, as people are like, everybody's tuning in. Like, I don't remember the numbers, but like, it's everybody and the people that you see, not just tuning in, but like commenting. It's like all the the famous people that you can imagine. Like, it's Tony (laughs) Braxton. You know? Oh my God! What? (laughs) Well, yeah, because I mean, they like he wrote songs for her. It's baby face, of course. Yeah, like. So, right. So, but like, they're, and they're commenting and they're all there, you know, like yeah. ready for the magic. And then it just takes forever. Like the sound's off and then they get started and then the sound is still off. Like somebody's echoing, like the other person can't hear the other one. At one point, Tyrese types, <laughs> just throw in the tile. Okay. Tile? He tile? meant towel. <laughs> But this fool said tile, and then somebody, somebody, the fucking internet, somebody created a Netflix logo for their movie, which has Teddy Riley faded in the background, baby face up top, 
top with the Netflix uh, logo that says throwing throwing in the towel, <laughs> throwing in the tile. And it is so funny. <laughs> oh, God, I love the internet sometimes. Yeah, it's just like, what, what a winner. I mean, <laughs> I, I also... I also love Tyrese because Tyrese occasionally does crazy shit. Like for oh, yeah. for a hot second, he was like featuring on a bunch of R. Kelly songs before all the R. Kelly madness went down. Mm-hmm. And I remember one of them. I don't know if you've ever heard the R. Kelly song Pregnant, but it is six and a half minutes long. Oh. And it's it's R. Kelly, Tyrese, um, Robin Thicke, and like one other person i don't remember who but tyrese's like verse is basically like come on with the boy tyrese like he's singing about how he's tyrese and you should come have sex with him so he could get you pregnant and then the chorus of the song is just girl you make me want to get you pregnant lay your body down and get you pregnant knock you up knock you up i'm not kidding at all that's a very Ah! real thing Oh my God. Okay. Wow. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> if you have six and a half minutes at some point in your day, YouTube that shit. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to, oh my or God. Or don't because R. Kelly's a monster, but you know. He like, is, but like, I can't imagine he's getting any money from the YouTube he's, video. Yeah. Like. He's not at this point. No. <laughs> um. Okay. So today we are going to review the five heartbeats. Yes. Um, AKA the male dream girls. Oh, um, I was going to say AKA, <laughs> AKA black thing you do. Oh, <laughs> that's very funny. <laughs> because for the first hour and 15 minutes of this movie, uh-huh. it is black. That thing you do. Uh, except that what this movie takes an hour and 15 minutes to do, uh, that thing you do does in 35 minutes. Okay. <laughs> and I know because I watched both today and timed it. Oh, did you really? <laughs> yes. I'll get into it more as we go along. But uh, yes, Dream Girls, I think, is probably a little closer because the last hour of this movie is basically the Temptations movie. <laughs> okay. Um, well, see, and I... Yeah. I feel like I've seen the Temptations movie, but I don't, I'm not for sure. So I'm going to have to watch that again and we'll have to do a review of that. Um, it's but, almost this movie. It's it's okay. almost Yeah, that's why I was like, and Leon is yeah. in both, right? So Leon's in both, but he plays two <laughs> completely different parts um, okay. where in the Temptations, he plays David Ruffin, who was the lead singer, has a drug problem, and then eventually dies, um, mm-hmm. I believe, of an overdose, uh, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. And in this movie, it's almost like they saw the Temptations movie and were like, that whole dying part is so sad. What if we just <laughs> did, didn't do that? Uh, um, yeah. Well, let's yeah. start at the beginning. Let's, let's start at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, so for I, and I, only because I did a weird amount of research. Uh-huh. Uh, because that thing you do is one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh-huh. And in watching the first 45 minutes of this movie, I was like, which came first? Because these uh-huh. are identical films. Okay. Uh, I actually researched five heartbeats came out five years before that thing you do. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. Five years before with a budget that's about five times as like that thing you do cost about five times more to make 
but it's shorter uh-huh. and uh, made 30 million more dollars in the oh, theater. Yeah. And to the point where I was like, there are so many identical plot points and like uh-huh. almost identical scenes, like uh-huh. different dialogue, but the same thing is happening. That for a hot minute, I was like, when Tom Hanks was writing That Thing You Do, had mm. he seen this movie? Oh, yeah. What it's the the, hell? It's, it's living single and friends all over again. Yes. Yeah. And it's it's wild. Like, it was one of those things where I was like, I, I don't know if Crystal has seen That Thing You Do. Oh, yeah. Like, I've seen it. Okay. In fact, I... <laughs> For whatever reason, when I was going to school, um, I was like at a private Christian school. Yes. And for a long time, like our, like I, what is it, uh, matriculating or whatever, like we're, when we're leaving out of the, the building for, for chapel, for uh-huh. whatever reason, they always played that thing you do as we were leaving. And I'm like, who made this decision? <laughs> but you know what? Like, we were pumped and in a good mood afterwards. So maybe it was the right decision. I don't it's, know. But I know that song like hell. the back of my hand because of that. Yeah, it I have charted. Seen that movie. It's a good movie. It's a great it, movie. It's a great movie. That song actually charted. Mm-hmm. And the thing that was blowing my mind watching this movie is I was like, this is not necessarily better than that thing you do or worse than that thing you do although it's paced very differently yes <laughs> and i think i think therein lies its problem but i was like how do people not know about this movie because okay. i feel like if you if you like that thing you do if you like dream girls if you liked the temptations movie this is basically that the only difference is it's not songs that you know but that's the same thing with dream girls and that thing you do that have original yeah. songs you know yeah. and it wasn't until I got most of the way through the movie when I was like, oh, this is a pacing nightmare. That's why this uh-huh. movie isn't famous. <laughs> Everyone in it's doing a great job, but somebody yeah. needed to edit this script. <laughs> <laughs> I So I, it's interesting because I can't really remember like all the movies that I love from the 90s. Yeah. But um, this movie reminds me of... I think older movies that I love from probably the eighties in so terms of like of how 80s. long they, and like how long they yeah. give to people to like have be on screen and how it doesn't feel. Ro- and I actually really like that. Um, like I actually, I just, it made me, it made me nostalgic for that time when it was just like, all right, here's a scene that, you know, like they're all sitting around sad about something and, you know, like, it just, yeah, it actually, yeah, it made me, um, yeah, just like warm fuzzies for that kind of, those kinds of films. Um, I'd seen um, Mahogany, which, uh, <laughs> yes, same thing, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, like very slow um, like a lot of character development, a lot of probably unnecessary scenes, but I don't know. I liked it. <laughs> well, here's my thing because Dream Girls is also long. Um, mm-hmm. This reminds me more of the Temptations movie because it's a type of screenwriting that I would just call and then screenwriting, where it's uh-huh. like this happened and then this happened and then mm. this happened and then this happened. Kind of the way that a child tells a story. Like, mm-hmm. and we went to the park and then there was a bird and then I went on the slide and then a car came. But mm-hmm. the difference with Dream Girls and why I think Dream Girls is so successful and such a good movie is that Dream Girls 
novels is much more focused and structured, even in that length and even in that character development, where at a certain point in Dreamgirls, the story splits and it contrasts Jennifer Hudson's story uh-huh. with Beyonce's story. And in that contrast, each story gets more meaning. But those are the only two stories we're following, essentially. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then when they kind of rejoin at the end, it's much more meaningful. Uh-huh. I think the struggle this movie has and the Temptations movie has a very similar struggle. This The Temptations movie is paced exactly the same. It's almost exactly the same movie. Like, shot for shot, almost. Uh-huh. The problem is they're trying to space storytelling over five people Uh and in this one they kind of isolate it to the two brothers but not enough to give us information about them like we we kind of know them but not really and i think that's the struggle yeah at one point i was like um i (laughs) it was just a couple moments where i was really surprised but i will say like i mean in terms of going back to the beginning like um (laughs) like in the opening scenes I was like so confused because I I thought the guy sitting at the table was Leon was Leon and I was like wait how did he how is he over because, there but he was just over here because they have a very similar like bone structure yeah and they look more like brothers than him and Robert Townsend do yes so much so and this is designed to kind of. I feel like this should be Robert Townsend's movie, which if it is, then it's similar to Jersey Boys, which similarly a story about a band making it. And in Jersey Boys, they focus on Bob Gaudio, the guy or Paul Gaudio. I think it's Bob. Who knows? White people. Anyway, so like (laughs) it focuses on him, the songwriter, and how he kind of grows and moves with the band. And then everyone else's stories kind of happen around him, but he's the focus. And I think they try to do that in this movie with Robert Townsend or Duck, uh, which is not explained why his name is Duck until like an hour and a half into this movie. Um, oh, yeah. And I missed it because I was like, I I'd zoned out at that point. So what happened? Why is his name Duck? <laughs> okay. The, the only, only reason you know, and this is the weirdest weirdest place to reveal it at one point he goes to a hotel to confront his fiance that he believes is cheating on him with one of his bandmates and then he finds out that it's a different bandmate than he thought and the bellhop in front of the hotel says donald duck whatever their last name was uh you're oh, from so the that five was heartbeats why. okay yeah, that's why he's that, but donald was, uh... duck and then at the end, JT, his brother, Leon, names his kid Duck after him. Uh-huh. And at that point, I was like, is the kid's name Donald? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or is it Duck? Because yeah. <laughs> one of those two is very acceptable and the other not so much. Um, but it also reminded me of, and this is horror is my genre of choice, typically in The Shining, the kid's name uh, they referred him as Doc a lot of the time, as in "What's up, Doc?" But mm-hmm, that's another yeah. one where they don't reveal it until much later. Um, but yeah, that's why his name is Doc. Okay. Uh, I do. The first note I have is Leon is credited as just Leon because oh, yeah. everybody Same knows Leon. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was yeah. watching the credits. I was like Leon. I was like. 
I know Leon now. <laughs> like, yep, yeah, yeah. It's the same with waiting to exhale. Yes. Um, yeah, just Leon. <laughs> so the first, one of the first scenes we see, and this is one of, I think, probably my favorite scenes in the movie. I think it's edited great. I think it's paced amazing. This made me so excited for the rest of the movie. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then it did not deliver. But like <laughs> this first scene made me so hopeful where they're at a talent show. And what struck me is there's a year posted on the like the stage of the talent show. It's 1965. Uh, that thing you do has a very similar scene, but it's 1964. It's literally a year off, but similarly, early talent show scenes, almost identical, except that the That Thing You Do one is a blend of the first and the third talent show that they do in Five yeah. Heartbeats. Yeah. Um, but so that first scene where we're seeing Flash and the Ebony Sparks who, oh, no, I'm sorry. Flash and the Ebony Sparks are later, but whoever is on stage, that group is amazing and like- uh-huh. <laughs> they're crushing it that song is everything i'm like bobbing and moving to it and we're kind of moving around da- backstage like everyone's wondering where everybody is and we see that poker game that you were talking about uh and here's my thing about that poker game <laughs> they murder a bandmate after that poker game Uh They shoot that guy twice and then he Uh doesn't show up for the show and they put the other guy in. There is no investigation. There (laughs) there is no, hey, what happened to Bobby? There is no nothing. There's no, there's no consideration for like, oh, our bandmate, a person that we're with all the time, straight up just died getting shot. Running away from an illicit poker game. <laughs> yeah. And our other bandmate escaped, was also shot at. And when we were like, hey, where's that other guy? He was like, I don't know. And it's never addressed again. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, well, wild. was it like, was that guy a part of the band? Because the guy earlier, uh, Robert was like, I wrote this for five part harmony, five part harmony. Like, so I was like, yeah. well, if they maybe that guy was just like i don't know hanging around like i don't know who that well, was the reason i think he was part of the band is because they keep asking where bobby is and no one can find bobby and that uh-huh. guy they call him bobby so i think he must be part of the band and when he goes to talk to to duck robert townsend he's like you're on tonight and we can't find eddie who's the lead singer uh-huh. and so he's like, get your brother. So we know that JT's there. We know that Choir Boy's there. That Those are the only other bandmates we know. So Robert Townsend, Duck, must be five. But I would guess before that point, pretty much only played the piano. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Or, and wrote the songs, maybe? Interesting. Okay. Well, that I, at least that was a, my interpretation. There's a follow-up for Robert's the, to do. The, f- <laughs> the first of many in this movie. <laughs> and that's 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 factual. <laughs> I at one point I wrote down what's Diane's problem. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I was. Uh, <laughs> Well, like I literally like just calculated it because you know she 
I mean, I think like we're supposed to intuit that she's worried about the, her husband, uh, you know, getting his heart set on another group. And then, then I was leaving like, him. Yeah, but I was like, so what? He loses $500. Move on. Like, you know, like, yeah. let him do it. Like, <laughs> what? Yeah. I was like, what's, this, what's her problem? And also, what school was she running? A finishing school? A finishing school that seems to have four or five different uniforms and, like, girls of all ages. There's no, like, cons- like it's not like she has a class of girls that are all, like, 18 or something. Like, just, I, yeah, I could. And then we never see them again except for that one girl that he writes poetry to. Right. <laughs> and like- I have thoughts on her, but, like. Oh, Yeah. I do. I, I guess it must have been Flash and the Ebony Sparks because my notes just say Flash and the Ebony Sparks should be Billy D and the Williams because that's what they all look like. Nah. <laughs> and then I just have written down how long is this song? Because people are like having a shootout, <laughs> running, and then just uh, yeah. is this Chippendales. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 Can we have a moment? Wait. For Shy Leon? Oh, yeah. Sh- yeah, Shy Brother. <laughs> shy Brother. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. I was like, mm, more like Creepy Leon. Like, you don't... <laughs> uh, no. He yeah, looks so like shy, he's... Shy... That was like their little... Um, that's that's how they would pick up girls. Yes. But I was like... I don't... I, I didn't understand it because um, I was like, this only works really one way because... Leon doesn't need this. Like he, right, yes, he has no problem. Like he, like he motioned with a girl with his eyes alone to come to the back, and she did. So yes. from from the audience, from he, yeah, from backstage, he from like backstage. peeks out and is just like, "Yo, bitch," and then tells her some bullshit line, and she's just like, "Panty dropper," and you can't yeah. even blame her because he looks amazing. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite was just his him acting shy looks like him pretending he can't read. Yeah. <laughs> just like into That's that funny. menu. <laughs> um Big Red when he busted out the French, I I laughed. Um <laughs> Do you remember that part? Yes. Um I have, <laughs> <laughs> I have multiple notes on that scene uh because it is one of many other scenes that i'm like this is also a scene in that thing you do but slightly different and it's in a chinese restaurant (laughs) let me just say big red is such an the actor is such an excellent villain like girl he is scary as shit from the first time that you see him on stage (laughs) uh, or on scene I, i was like Man, he is creepy. There's something not right about him. Yeah. And the arc, the arc of his character I mean, my is mind-blowing. <laughs> it's so crazy. Can we talk about, just because I know we're going to have thoughts on it. So it's, they do that talent show in that club twice. The mm-hmm. second time they get the manager or and then they get booked for a contract at the club and then they do like a bigger talent show right before they meet Big Red mm-hmm. and the MC for that talent show oh, yeah, is he, 
the worst. Oh, like, that guy. Oh, yeah. Yes. Well, I mean, like, first they set them up so that they have to use the wrong piano player, you know, mm-hmm. which sets it up to have, you know, Duck play the piano and change everything, which is, you know, in that thing you do, it's the drums. But, you know, whatever. Same idea. And, but the thing that, that like, boiled my blood was that mc gets up and he's like yo these guys say they're better than the temptations we'll see and then just like gets off stage and i'm like that there's no way you could succeed after that well <laughs> like, i think that was a point and i think yeah they didn't, i don't think they did a good enough job making the connection like because earlier that guy bird um from the other band he said the mc is my friend and right. so I think basically they actually had the MC say that. Got like, I think it. they told him to say that because they're like, we need this win. So we're going to have him do whatever he can do to like, make sure that they fail. That, so, that makes more sense. Cause I remember yeah. like trying to connect it. I was like, first of all, how is your cousin 40 years older than you? <laughs> Secondly, <Yeah. laughs> like, why is this so terrible? And I was just trying to think. I was like, Crystal and I have both emceed probably easily hundreds of shows each. And yeah. <laughs> no. That, like, yes, this is, yes. The only thing worse than that is reading <laughs> off a card. Like, there's yeah. no, like, it's so <laughs> oh terrible. Oh, my God, yes, the card. It is the <laughs> worst. Yeah, yeah. I think all of that was, like, he was kind of, you know, trying to, I mean, he, they even, like, got his, I guess it was his sister or somebody to bring all yeah, of her they, friends. They got that girl um, in the crop top damn near pregnant in the front row. I, I fucking love that. I love that so much. I thought it was so it's funny. So great. And I, she was like literally orgasming, like crossing her legs, like falling out. Like, and I just, what I love about it is like, yes, it is ridiculous, but it's like, what a funny way to show that, 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 like I think to show from an audience perspective that this they they did better than the other one because they're both like great performances you yeah know? Like, yeah they're both like you know good songs like good showmanship but this one like won them over and it was just such a funny way to show that like it's having yeah. this girl that was supposed to be on the other side completely turned like her toes are curled up you know like <laughs> she's so over the top it's the best it's so yeah. great <laughs> <laughs> and that eyeshadow my god like <laughs> oh man the it's the costumes in this movie and the styling of this movie were really interesting because mm-hmm. at some points they got it so right where mm-hmm. you're just like this looks great this looks mm-hmm. amazing i don't know who did your set design but this all looks amazing and then every once in a while like baby doll i'm like that's a 90s dress like that's (laughs) that's not 60s at all you look like you walked off the set of clueless (laughs) like this not and the same thing kind of with the music occasionally where like (laughs) they'd be playing actual like motown songs and stuff through it and Uh then occasionally the songs they'd sing were kind of that same style and era but then every once in a while you'd hear one and you're like oh no 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 this song is from the 80s clearly yeah. <laughs> like this is clearly a modern song that is not even disguised okay so this brings me to my okay think speaking of like things that are supposed to be of a certain era here is my this is a big question that i have mm-hmm. what what did 
writing paper look like in the 60s? Because he's got like scraps of what looks like yeah. parchment. And I'm like, yes. they had yes. notebooks. Yes. And I and and I I know they have notebooks because there's a similar scene in that thing you do where he has a goddamn notebook. I was like, who decided that he should write on Stater Brothers paper bags? Like, I think I think it was a few what? things. I think it was A, to try and make you feel like these are all pieces of other songs that he just couldn't fit anywhere, but he liked. And so he's got mm-hmm. them all kind of scrapped out. Um, and that he's been holding onto them for a long time. Mm-hmm. But like how long? The 1600s? Right. Like, this is wild. <laughs> yeah, he has enough to wrap several gifts uh, for Christmas <laughs> with those. <laughs> Um. <laughs> I also like yeah. like and at this point that scene is the only musical scene of the movie and by that yeah, I mean the, oh yeah the scene with his sister yeah yes, it is a very yeah musical very like actual genre of musical moment yeah right it's the only one there's no other scene like that in the movie Mm-mm. and in most movies like this, that doesn't exist. It's completely out of place. And the song is clearly from the 90s. And at a certain point, I was just like, what is happening? Is this going to happen uh-huh. more? Is, like, <laughs> is this just the first time they're getting to it? Because that happens at almost 45 minutes into the movie. Yeah. Like, and and the thing, that's the th- it's like, at that point, they're poor. They're all living on top of each other. And right. then he gives them a house. At no point when when he gets the money or the whatever, at no point was anybody like, hey, what about a homegirl that can sing Thank her you. ass off? Right. Why don't we get her on a track? Get her a, a deal? What? <laughs> well, she reminds me of, there's a character in Hairspray called Little Inez, who is um, the younger sister of the one of the main characters oh god his name escapes me seaweed seaweed uh-huh. and she also kind of has a similar solo like that except that hairspray is a musical yeah <laughs> where everyone has had weird solos like that in their day-to-day lives like to put this into perspective Every up until this point, we've seen people go through their day to day lives, go to meetings, go to other stuff, be backstage at no time in any of that or any of them singing except when they're on stage, which is pretty common for a biopic. So it's very strange to have someone just break into a full song and dance number with With a character that we all can hear and they can somehow hear and they can somehow hear even though there's no instruments anywhere no instruments playing yeah and then that person is never in the movie again (laughs) yeah that was upsetting because she's an amazing singer i don't even know if it was her like that's what was driving me nuts is i was like it is her she was on star search i looked her later looked her up later yeah that was that was her that was my question because i was like this sounds like kind of an older voice but so then i was like why is this here Uh is like who's daughter is she <laughs> like, mm-hmm. yeah. why, is she, why is she in this movie for this one scene that we never hear from her again yeah um, yeah yeah mm-hmm. very strange 
Yeah. Um, I also wrote down OMG White Wigs, um, which I oh, think girl. was about the five horsemen. It was. Uh, did you also <laughs> notice that their costumes were so bad that the H was falling off of one of them? Oh, I didn't notice that. That's so funny. I, as they walked <laughs> behind like Leon, you could see over his shoulder, like one of them has the sweater and the H is like not even attached at the bottom. <laughs> Like, uh-huh. it's fully coming off. Uh, but this also drove me a little crazy because they're the horsemen and an alternate band name in that thing you do is the herdsman. Where I was just like, did, wow, did that thing you do straight up steal this movie? Like, what is yeah. happening? It was blowing my mind. But then at a certain point in this movie, right around the hour mark, it doesn't match anything from that thing you do. And it's all the Temptations movie. So like it just it just sharply diverges and that point at which it diverges is the point with police brutality. Right. <laughs> and I was like, well that would never be in that thing you do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but that yes. was a, that was a good moment. I mean, you know, like I I I thought that was a powerful scene and like Yeah, um, and a very real scene for yeah. the bands that were touring at the time. Uh-huh. Um did you notice, and this is completely unrelated, but just saying the white wigs made me think about it. At the very <laughs> end, when they're watching Flash's music video in the 80s, yes. his, his backup is, is the horseman. Yeah, diff- his, 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 band's name is, his band's name is Flash and the Horseman. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. And I was like, why is nobody ever completing this with the apocalypse? I don't understand. <laughs> I know. Well, and why is it the five? If you're going to have a horseman joke, it's got to be four horsemen. Yeah, yes. <laughs> uh, and I, the only thing I can think of is that maybe there was another band that's actually the four horsemen, because I know of a band that's the Gore Horsemen, which is like a horror punk band. Uh-huh. Great, great name. But I'm like, five horsemen just doesn't make sense. <laughs> like, yeah, I gotta, yeah, I mean, I guess I'd have to look up like bands of that era from like, yeah, the, the yeah. top 40. But, I mean, it must be a play on something, because if it's in both of those movies, then... Well, so in that thing you do, it's Herdsman, and it's a joke about how the lead singer always wants to have band names about hearing. Like, they're all pun names, so, like, their original name is The Wonders, O-N-E, Wonders. Yeah. And everyone's like, hey, O-Neaters, and then they end up changing it. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I remember that. Great throwaway <laughs> joke. Uh, and his other option was the herdsman heard like here with your ears. Mm-hmm. And it's very similar to a lot of band names at the time. Uh, like, you know, there would be a lot of the whatever men, like the kingsmen, yeah, yeah. the sheepsmen or whatever. And I think it's meant to be a play on that. Clansmen. But just <laughs> That would have been a way funnier joke if they had walked those five white wigged assholes into that scene and just been like, the Klansmen are going to sing it. I would have laughed until I died. And this would be the best movie ever made uh, because that'd be hysterical. Um, But yeah, I think it's a, a play on the types of names at the time. It just struck me that they were so close, especially because in that thing you do, the lead singer, after he breaks up with the band, starts his own band, The Herdsman, and that's Mm. the band you hear at the end. Interesting. So it's like the same. same. It's the fucking same movie. It's (laughs) wild. 
So this is other interesting thing. So I have an overlap with this movie too. So I, um, so Sarge, the their like choreographer. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So he is actually um one of the Nicholas brothers. And- oh. That makes yeah. so much sense. Exactly. He, yeah. When so, he dances, and, I was like, this dude's amazing. Yeah. And now, now I'm like, of, <laughs> of course he's amazing. Right. And so like for people who don't, don't know, the Nicholas Brothers are, um, they were like a famous tap duo um, and they would tour the world. Um, and there's some videos of them. Like they have some amazing routines. Anyway, um, I used to work with um, one of their granddaughters and they actually like um, they had, like kind of created this foundation to um, remember their um, their their grandfather and their great uncle. Um, yeah. So I was like, I looked that up. I was like, oh, holy shit, it's him. Like, that's so cool. Like, I didn't know there was a movie where I could see him in it other than like, you know, just um, yeah. dancing from it. Yeah, but that's him. That's crazy because I've seen that YouTube video, the one with the staircases mm-hmm. where they're like dancing and they're jumping and landing in the mm-hmm, splits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wild. Yeah, that crazy. Well, yeah. I love how they like bury the lead with uh, by having him have a cane when he came in. And I was like, right. What is this fool going to do? Show me your combinations. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, Dresser, the guy who dances, mm-hmm. his voice is crazy. Yeah. Amazing. I Like, it's beautiful, mm-hmm. but it's one of those things where you're like, how'd that come out of your face? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Doesn't look like it would. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that- man. I, yeah, I, I was curious about how many, like, how much of it was them, was all of them singing and how much of it was, I don't know, like, other singers. I, like, I don't know if they did all of their own stuff. Because it was really like, good singing. Yeah, I feel like at least part of it has to be them because I know Leon also sang in the Temptations movie. Mm-hmm. And he's great in that. And mm-hmm. so I think it must have at least in part been them. Mm-hmm. And they're all original songs. So what yeah. it may also be is a combination of them and some studio singers, or they practiced and it was them. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised to find out it was them. Do you want to hear another weird casting weirdness? Oh, yeah, sure. Okay. And this was this is a weird one that I noticed. So Choir Boy's parents, mm-hmm. uh, his dad, who basically tells him that he ain't shit, even though he comes back later and buys that guy a church. But uh-huh. like... His mom, who's like, you need to get out and experience the world, plays Black Dynamite's aunt in Black Dynamite. Okay, that's funny. I have not seen this movie. (laughs) We absolutely need to watch Black Dynamite. Um, but she, so she in black exploitation films, there's a lot of exposition through dialogue, uh-huh. um, because they often didn't have the money to shoot the scenes that would fill the gaps in. So yeah, okay. the way they would kind of get around that would just be somebody saying like, you said this, blah, 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 blah. And her exposition that she's giving in the movie is, um, that Black Dynamite promised his mother on his deathbed that he wouldn't let his brother get uh, die of a drug overdose, which is very specific. Um, but just every time you talk to her in the movie, uh-huh. she's just uh-huh. like, Black Dynamite, you promised your mama on your <laughs> deathbed that we wouldn't let... G-. And, and like every scene you see her, 
on her deathbed. You promised Black Dynamite. I can't believe you broke your promise to your mama. And she like will call him in scenes and he'll pick up the phone and be like, hello, you promised your mama Black Dynamite. And that's it. She's in like four scenes of the movie, has the same dialogue every time, cracks me the hell up in Black Dynamite. So when I saw her in this, I, like all I could think was like she doesn't speak until she gets to Choir Boy and she's just like, you gotta promise me. And I was like, on your deathbed that you will not let your brother die of a drug overdose. We've got to watch Black Dynamite. Okay, I love it yeah. so much. <laughs> Um, I wrote down uh, Big Red is the Black Joker. <gasps> oh my God, yes. Yeah. Yes. The, yeah. His whole face. His whole face, his like, you don't know like what he's going to do next. It, it's like totally unpredictable, but also predictable. Like, you know, it's going to be bad. You just don't know what kind of bad. Like, yes. Like, he hangs yes. that guy over the thing and um, over Which... the balcony and then. That fully yeah. happened in an episode of Law and Order one time. And so I was just, and for the same reasons, oddly enough, oh, except it was like a hip hop producer. Well, and Shug Knight did it. Questioning royalties. Yeah. And, and that I'm actually happened think, with, yeah. <laughs> so now what I'm trying to think is like, when did Suge do it? Is this before <laughs> or after? You want to know if he was inspired by? Yes. <laughs> But, and I just have in my in my notes, it just says, um, is Big Red fucking Scarface now? <laughs> like, what? what is happening? Right. Um, yeah. Yes. Um, um, oh, I also wrote down, no one looks good with a kitar. Oh, um, my God. The kitar was wild. <laughs> And I've seen John B and I love John B, but I saw John B live one time. He came out with a key tart. I was like, oh, my panties are dry now. Everything's dry. Let's leave. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. (laughs) That's also like only a scene or two later is when we have the scene about the dick control center. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Where I was like, was sex addiction not a word yet? I know. But we're going to go with Dick Control Center. Because um, he, even at the end, Eddie, when he talks about, like, he's like, I've, I've been going to Narcotics Anonymous. Like. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. It's like, yeah, I think they everything was called. Yeah. Anyway. Which, controversial, because a lot of people don't know this at the time. Uh, one of the first widespread Narcotics Anonymous meetings was actually a cult. I was uh, gonna say, was it Scientology? <laughs> what was it? It was. It was not. It was Synanon, where it started. Oh as yeah, an off, yeah, an offshoot of AA, and you would live on the compound, and you weren't allowed to leave. And mm. it was like this whole thing. So there wasn't necessarily widespread Narcotics Anonymous the way that we would think of it today. Mm-hmm. There was a few tiny out croppings of it and then fucking synanon up until the mid 70s so the only reason he could even go to narcotics anonymous is because that last section i think is the 80s because mm-hmm. prior to that it didn't really exist in the way that we know it now yeah wild but yeah interesting that's crazy mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah um, i i heard him say it and i was like what 
what year? Yeah. Hold on. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I do have a ahead. note of, I feel like they just sing whatever the fuck they want as if that wouldn't be a serious issue where JT Leon just takes over that one show and like sings, decides just like, I'm singing lead now to that girl in yeah. the front row. Right. <laughs> like pushes Flash out of the way. And I was like, yeah. so so the lighting guy is cool with this. The people, there's no mic feedback from you guys being too close to each other. Nobody's like, we didn't do this in rehearsal. Yeah, like, no mic feedback. And That's it happens, a big, yeah. It happens like six different times in the movie where they're uh-huh. just like, fuck it, we're doing this our way. And I'm like, okay, that works once at the end of Sister Act 2, but not six different times in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> It is wild. <laughs> yeah. How did you feel about how they uh, wrapped it all up with every, everything at the end? Um, I I hated that he got engaged to that girl because uh-huh. I felt like she was fake the whole time. Because and by I don't mean like she didn't exist. Like she she was a person, <laughs> clearly. She's Big Bird. Oh my god. Oh wait, no, Big Bird was a real one. It was Snuffleupagus. That was <laughs> yeah, yeah. See secretly this is Donnie Darko and she's the rabbit. Um yeah. no, I uh she she exists, but so she's one of the girls from the finishing school originally right. Right. that he's writing poetry for, and she could not give a shit about that poetry until he's famous. Yeah, and then and she's like, think- where my poetry at? And he's just like, uh, do you want to go get out of here? But then yeah. he's sleeping with his brother the whole time. Mm-hmm. Fake ass bitch. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I didn't understand. I, I don't know. I mean, obviously, like, it's all about them, you know, so, but, you know, there's not a, there's not a developed female in this movie at all. Like, not I, a developed argue- female character. There's barely a developed male character in this movie. <laughs> because no one gets enough screen time personally to be developed except Duck, but then Duck is the straight man. Mm-hmm. So like the the best development we get is Eddie who has a serious drug addiction that they've showed us throughout the movie with his smoker's voice getting worse. Um, <laughs> but, but that's, that's the only clue. And then suddenly it goes away at the end. Um, he had, Eddie had the best aging, the yes. aging makeup or whatever. Like he, you know, and he played it well. Like he just, I think maybe his face at the time just looked like it could, it could also be an old man. So this like going yeah. back and forth between, but then the what's her face? I was just like, what? Like <laughs> she looks the she same. Lo- <laughs> I I have in my notes, Leon doesn't age, which is yeah, true. Leon. But does. also, they're managing. But he hasn't aged, so that's like you know, he actually yeah. probably is the age that he was then. You know, like right now, but <laughs> but the manager's wife—that's the one that yes. I'm like, what? Like she uh-huh. hasn't aged a day. Like what is happening? <laughs> And Are you also, dying Carol, like, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, how is she still alive? Uh-huh. This is like 30 years later. Uh-huh. All of her husband's friends in that generation seem to have died off. Uh-huh. And she's still hanging out looking late 40s. <laughs> like it's completely yeah. normal. Well, actually, uh, it's interesting because I think both her and um, Baby John Dawn? Witherspoon, oh, yeah, yeah, they just they passed away not too long ago mm. um 
Yeah, so two people that were both in this movie who were alive up until recently. Um, Interesting. Yeah, yeah, but and and I would I I guess I hadn't seen Diane Carroll recently, but she did still look good. I'm not as upset with her as as I was upset with um the young what is it uh Eddie's Eddie's wife baby like doll. how they baby yeah. doll like i was like they, they just, just put slapped her in a, a bad wig, wig. and they <laughs> yeah. honestly she was wearing that uh, n- another bad wig the rest of the movie yes um so and why i do not know um i did look her up she i think she was also an episode of a different world so again you know okay. crossing over uh, yes yes but yeah that yeah eddie's was the best aging in my opinion I, I would agree. Um, can we have a moment for the most tragic death in this movie? The, <laughs> yeah. Those I'm sorry. Ribs. I'm sad. I'm sad. Well, I mean, it's a fake, fake death. But it was like, what? <laughs> oh, oh, you're talking about the truck. I was talking about those ribs at the end. <laughs> oh, you're sorry. I was definitely talking about the truck. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the truck was wild. But also, he lifts those ribs up. He's like, oh, man. And I'm like, those ribs have been through a house fire. (laughs) What did you do to those ribs? And they're just like charbroiled. And I'm like, no, no. (laughs) But yes, that truck was wild. And at no point does anyone go to trial for it. Like... it is a, a he murder for hire. Like also, also, like nobody runs after the truck to try to see like what's a license plate and like. I think it was this thing where they were like everyone knows it was Big Red, but I'm like, and then it, and then they're asking Eddie. They're like, we need to know what Big Red said to you. Uh-huh. But then we never follow up with it. There's no like good thing Big Red's been in prison this whole time. Like. Wouldn't you be afraid that he'd continue to come after people? And then he shows up at the funeral. Bald as brass. Yes. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what do you rate this movie um, out of five hair picks? Out of five hair picks? Um, (laughs) I'm going to give this a a four hair pick movie. Um, It's enjoyable. It's Mm -hmm. fun. it's well done. It's shot great. You know, like my only real true quote unquote issue with it is the pacing. And I think if I had never seen that thing you do, which is essentially the same story paced much quicker, I don't think I would miss it. I think for me, I was kind of, at least for that first hour, really stuck in that comparison Uh Um, uh because there were so many things that I was like, this is exactly the same movie. And then (laughs) it kind of diverts for that last hour. Um, But I think Dreamgirls or The Temptations movie are a much better comparison. Uh And it is almost exactly like The Temptations. And I would would put them kind of in the same camp. I wouldn't say... The Temptations movie is better or worse. I would just say that you get to listen to The Temptations the entire time. So maybe that makes it a little bit better. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I would I'm the same. I would give it a, a four out of five hair picks. Um yeah, I, I felt like it really feel good movie. Like I was enjoying myself the whole time I was watching it and like just feeling like 
it was just nice to be sitting on a couch, like, uh, you know, and, and with a blanket, watching Black people be awesome. And um, I think, I think if I, even if I had seen this growing up, I would have loved it. You know, oh, like, yeah. I would have gotten it. I would have like been about it. And so it kind of, it kind of feels nice to add this to like my repertoire of uh, experiences as a black person now, <laughs> finally. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like, and, and I think that's kind of where I put the young girl solo in my mind where like, as an adult, I'm like, this doesn't fit. Why is this here? But mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, seven or eight year old me. wants to be that girl totally that's my song you know like I totally get it like and and I can totally imagine like thinking about Cornelia watching this movie Uh as a young girl why she would love it and have such an attachment to it and I think like watching it I was like this is Cornelia's that thing you do uh-huh. If that makes sense. We're like, uh-huh. I I have such a tie to this one movie that I probably saw around that same time. Like, uh-huh. I think, let's see, that thing you do came out in 96. So I was about nine when it came out. And I saw it like when it came out. Uh-huh. And it has stuck with me forever. It's one of my favorite movies. And so if like flip the script, if I had seen this instead, I'm sure I would have the same attachment to it. You know, like I totally get why this would be somebody's like go to feel good movie Mm -hmm. and why it would be their thing that they watch for nostalgia and for the music because the music in it is great. You know, sometimes it's a little 90s, but it's all good. Like it's (laughs) all catchy. Like in my notes, it says it's like I want this soundtrack because this is pretty Mm -hmm, good, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and I, I feel like that's kind of the way people feel about the Temptations movie too, because it came out around the same time mm-hmm. and the difference is those are songs that we all know. So, yeah. you know, I, yeah, I totally get why somebody would be obsessed with this, especially if you were a young girl who had a crush on Leon or whoever, mm-hmm. I totally get it. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I, and I, what I will say is the heart is a house for love. <laughs> yes. Yes. <it> is. <laughs> <laughs> over so, and over the, and over and over the, and over the heart, again. The heart is a house for love. <laughs> I, I will say like the first, the first song they do at that first talent show is great and i'm like yes awesome hell yeah and then a few of the songs after you're like did you only write a bridge for this this is is a lot of the same i think and then the only like fully fledged like song song that we hear is that little girl song which ends up being their number one hit Mm -hmm. but then we never hear it again all the way through with them singing it we just kind of hear clips of it in the background with a very 90s sax line in it which is wild can we talk about that album cover oh yeah the album cover that was that was wild and yet i i have a very a very large motown vinyl collection um i need to get a new turntable but i do have a large collection of motown records and i have covers like that where uh, that is a very real thing, which is so okay. So let's just explain crazy. the cover. So yeah, they had done a photo, fo- done a photo shoot with all of them, 
in um that was going to go on the cover and it's like it was a thing that was happening at the time where if um they were signed to a label that wasn't necessarily like well that basically they wanted to cross over into the right. mainstream market so they would not put the black faces on the label they would not they didn't want to discourage anybody from buying black music so that's how they addressed it was by putting either like just like nature or like um yeah. you know a white family on um uh, having fun um somewhere on the cover of this album to I guess communicate what they hope the album would evoke in people the feeling that it would evoke rather than like telling you who was actually singing the songs yeah and a lot of the ones I have are the nature ones I feel like mm-hmm. that's the more common the one they have in the movie is like a white family at the beach yeah Mm-hmm. which is bonkers but what's really interesting is i i have a large motown collection at the same time i have a very large beatles collection from the same time mm-hmm. not a single album that doesn't have all the beatles faces on it like yep. it is a marked difference yeah. and i think one of the most like there are parts in this movie that are addressing real issues for bands at the time and i feel like sometimes they kind of rush through it like with the album art but like it's so true and interesting like when leon says why don't any of their albums have essentially black people on them and it's like you're that's true like Uh if we're all trying to cross over why doesn't Mm -hmm. that happen um but i feel like that and the scene where they get stopped by the police they do spend a little more time on that police scene which i think is good and gives you Uh this like moment of kind of reminding that they are different in this world because up until Mm -hmm. that point we've kind of seen them in their comfort zone and they're you know at their talent shows and whatever and then now that they're starting to tour and they're in the south now we're seeing the reality of what they're up against and i thought (laughs) that was kind of that you know half hour of the movie where they're like touring and we're not necessarily seeing them perform all that much but we're just seeing them together in this situation i feel like that's one of the strongest parts of this movie i love that you know yeah especially when they're in the bar and i was like oh this reminds me of doing stand-up comedy where they're all sharing one mic yeah i was like like, oh "Oh, god there you go except for (laughs) people are actually listening in this one um sort of uh yeah All right. Well, thank you guys for listening and we'll be black next time.